from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt is where you're listening live on internet streaming radio worldwide. You're also watching live from anywhere in the world on facebook.com backslash live now dt on the show with me right now and it's been a while it's been a minute since uh, her and i have had the opportunity to speak on a broadcast mu courtside that i started at marywood university back in 2003 got to feature one of i consider to be the greatest players in marywood women's basketball history and that is amanda lass she has since gotten married it's amanda tango spelled t-i-n-g-a-u-d and she is in Vermont. She's had an illustrious career, and she's gotten a coach in a lot of different places. I'm extremely proud of her. She's kept in touch with me, and she still gets out those VHS tapes when she can find them and watches back those MU courtsides that we did. So uh, just a, I'm, I'm a fan of hers. She's an awesome human being, and I'm so, so happy that we finally get to do this reunion. It's been long overdue. So with that being said, let me bring in one of the best coaches, I'm sure, out there, and at the same time, on top of that, like I said, one of my favorite players and one of my favorite people, always smiling, always kind. We need that in today's world now more than ever. Let's bring her in. Amanda, how are you doing today? Uh, good. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. And, and Amanda, let's go back to those Marywood days because you, like I said, you were one of my uh, most favorite players to watch. And it was because of how you play the game. It was how you carried yourself. I don't think I ever saw you complain you just went to work and, and did your job and did the best you could do. And, and above all things, you never seem to have an ego. You just went to work and did what you could do. I mean, bring me back into your playing days because that is where, you know, I got to obviously uh, meet you and see you for the first time. And, and I've, I've had respect for you ever since I saw you step onto the court. So what can you tell me about those days? Yeah, I mean, you know, going into Marywood, I had really no expectations of like where I would match up, you know, I'm from, from a small town in, you know, rural Pennsylvania and, you know, we, we did well in our, in our high school team and program, but we had a great program. So, and, um, you know, I was proud to be a part of that, but I wasn't sure, you know, transitioning to college, how, how I'd be able to, you know, get in there and make a difference or if I wouldn't make a difference or what role I would play. And, you know, coming out that freshman year, it's like, oh, wow, like I, I, I can make a difference. Like I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to be part of this and, um, and a big part. So that was, you know, I didn't come in with expectations of being able to, you know, play well and do well. It was just kind of, I'm going to do what I need to do to, to, to get there and to improve and, and really just came in with that open mind. Yeah, you know, and like you said, coming from a little rural town in, in Pennsylvania, were you surprised that, that you were, you know, kind of like noticed by Marywood and whatnot? I mean, was that one of the moments for you where you just really appreciated it? Because there's people all over the country that come from, you know, small towns and whatnot. I talk with a lot of people that come out of, you know, as an example, like a, a Delaware where they're like, it's so hard to get noticed. Did you feel like it was hard to get noticed? And, and what was your reaction when Marywood did notice you? Yeah, you know, like for me in high school, playing in college was always, always my goal. Um, you know, 
wherever I was going to go in college, I was going to play. And I, and I knew that from a young age, I'm, I'm seven years younger than my older sister. And I watched her, you know, grow up. I was, you know, her water, water girl on the bench, uh, all through high school. And then she went off to, uh, SUNY Oswego and played up there. And again, like I sat the bench for all the games was the water girl, just, you know, soaking that all in. So I knew that I was, I was going to play in college. Just, just didn't know where. So yeah. So that's what I wanted. (laughs) So you get over to Marywood and you get an opportunity there. Uh, the coach that was there at the time for Marywood women's basketball was Tara Machaco. Uh, I was with Tara, you know, really pretty much through her entire career. And she was there the whole time I was doing MU courtside. And I had been with her all the way through until these last couple seasons. What can you tell me about Coach Machaco and your relationship with her? Yeah, I mean, I, I learned a ton, you know, um, you know, she was a great player herself and, and being able to transition that to to us and the style that, that she coached that kind of run and gun and just that transition is I thrived on that, you know, being the first one up at the court and, you know, getting it up there, that was I think, um, where where we, we excelled uh, as as a program and where we started to turn that around was just that, that run and gun style. A transition the transition buckets were huge you know so um yeah Speaking here with Amanda Tango, you may know her as Amanda Last from Marywood University, uh, History and Women's Basketball. Now at the People's Academy in Vermont is the girls' uh, varsity basketball head coach. Amanda, for you, when you go back and look at, at those times, how strange is it now to look back? Because one of the longest storied uh, connections was Tara Machaco and Marywood Women's Basketball. It's just, I mean, they went hand in hand together for such a long time, for over a decade. How strange is it for you to not see her? I mean, I know she's not far away. She's at Wilkes, but how strange is it now to not see her over there? Yeah, that is. You know, it's, it's she was she was a staple. She was there before I before I got there, and for many years after. Um, you know, but uh, it, I guess in the, in the coaching world, it happens. You know, people have to take the opportunities that that are are presented to them and that move them in, in maybe the posi- the place that they want to go. So, you know, yeah. And so as we move forward, I mean, you, you go back to, uh, to that time and, and before you started coaching and whatnot, uh, what did you, what do you remember of, of your days at Marywood university? What, what can you tell me about, you know, maybe those, those memories that kind of stay top of mind more than anything else of being there? Yeah. You know, Marywood is like, there's nothing more describe it as like you feel home when you're at Marywood or at least I did, you know? So the second I, when I toured him on campus, it just felt right. It felt like home. So, you know, you can't, you can't beat that, that feeling when you know that a place is somewhere that like makes you feel comfortable. So like that to me is the biggest thing about Marywood and just being, you know, a small college itself, you're, you know, everybody. So, you know, walking around campus and, you know, interacting with not only the the athletic types but you know I was in the art department so you know the art everybody in the art department it was just like this kind of I don't know camaraderie that um I thrived off of I, I really loved about the school yeah you know something and, and I agree with you you know it's something that we all kind of we all kind of know it, and and I said, you know, if, if you had to get across campus really quick and you're going to be 
late for class and you were eating or you fell asleep or whatever, you could get across campus. You could really get anywhere in 10 minutes. So, I mean, that's that's probably one of the uh, biggest positives for somebody like me that tended to sleep a little bit longer. But uh, I remember waking up like 10 minutes before class started and being like, yep, okay, we can do this, you know, like, and it not being an issue. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember being in Pep Hall my last year, my senior year, and my class was in what is now no longer there, the old digital media building. And, and my film, my, what is it? My film and society class was there. And all we did was watch. We literally, I woke up to watch movies. That's all we did that, you know, Dr. Mirabito, shout out to him. He's awesome. So I, I somehow, Amanda, not once, but a lot, I was like notoriously late for walking across the street. Like, I mean, I was, it took maybe two minutes and I would just be late, and and it's just how it was. And then I remember music and theater was was that we all had to take that one that one wonderful wonderful dream of a class. And so I remember that was right right by me as well, a stone's throw from where I'm sleeping. And I, I remember one class, my friend Maria sent me a message, and she's like, "Hey." And I was like, hey. And then she's like, where? We, and, and, and Amanda, we're going to have to talk about that, you know, to an when When men have a question, we ask it. When women have a question, it's a buildup. Hey, hey, what are you up to? Nothing. What? Ten minutes later, it's like, Dan, you missed, like, class is an hour in. I've got your, like, I got a coat here making it look like you're here. I don't think they've noticed. Are you going to come in? But, but we got to talk about how women always like said it. They like want you to tell them what's going on. And I had no, I was, I was, I was asleep. You know, my buddy would have texted me. Daryl would have said like, dude, where are you? But, but Maria's like, Hey, Hey, what are you doing? Sleeping. What are you doing? I'm in class. Oh, cool. How's your day going? Great. Why are you texting me, Maria? Oh, you're supposed to be in class. I'm like, well, now it's an hour after the hour that you told me now that you've texted me. So now I'm done. So two questions for you. Did you like music and theater? One. Two, why do women not just come out and text you what they mean? <laughs> Man, deep questions here. I know. I, yes. You know, honestly, I don't even remember music and theater. Good. 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 <laughs> you know, it was one of those classes that was like, yeah, it had to, and it went in, and then I moved on from it. Um, but... I don't know. I'm more of a direct texter. I can't, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time to, to, to the chit chat. So I'm going to come right out there and, and ask you. <laughs> See, this is why Amanda, I think we always got along because yeah. you, because you don't, you don't do the, the typical stuff. Hi, hi. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, dude, just tell me you're hi. supposed to be in. I was like, and then like, I remember she's like, you're over an hour late for class. And I remember rolling over in bed going, but I'm comfortable. You know what I mean? But I'm comfy. So, you know, and I think we were allowed to miss, you know, one or two or seven classes <laughs> from like yeah. time to time. But how, okay. So to, to go into it, cause I want to jump into your coaching, but I, I, a lot of student athletes come on the show from all over the, the country, some of them outside of the country. And it is such a difficult thing at any level to be a student full-time and an athlete full-time, how did you manage it? And and can we spread a little bit of love to student-athletes because people tend to just think that they have an easy life, and that's not the case? Yeah, no, I mean, 
for me, it was like that whole time management thing. When I'm when I'm busier, I thrive, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know how I would be able to uh, deal with college without having basketball because I would have procrastinated so bad and never gotten <laughs> any of my work done, you know. But the fact that you know you have this at minimum two hour practice, and that doesn't include the the time like if you're getting treatment, you know, for an injury or something that you have to be there beforehand. You know, you got to be there at least 15 minutes early, like ready anyway. And like the time after, after practice. So you're, you're talking about almost three hours really for a practice per day that you're, 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 you know, that's dedicated to that. So I knew going in that, you know, like I had to be on it and I had to, um, I had to get what I needed to get done in order to focus on basketball. And honestly, you know, like stepping on the court, you just leave everything, everything, you know, away. For me, it was the release. So I didn't worry about any of the, the stuff that I had to do after that. It's just like, I'm just going to be here and enjoy this time that I get, this privilege that I have yeah. of stepping on the court and, and you know, worry about the rest later because there's, there's time. You'll find the time, you know. I remember pulling all-nighters. I was... I was a photo major. I remember pulling all-nighters in that photo lab, you know, getting my projects done because <laughs> we had a game the night before or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, the other thing, too, um, is just that you they're prioritizing and, you know, we're, you have to. You have to be on top of it or you're yeah. going to fail. And really just showing up. Like, showing up to class is... 75% of the battle, you know, not saying that college, well, college was kind of easy for me, but you know, like if you just show up and you make that effort and you are engaged and respectful to the instructor, like your grade's going to reflect that. And you're going to be, you know, for those that struggle with eligibility, I, I mean, I dealt with it as a college coach, like just show up to class. Like that's, yeah. and that's going to be the thing that gets you, you know, 50% of the grade. You know, so. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a great point, you know, just show up. And that's and that's in life in general. They say, you know, more than half the battle is just showing up. You know, people say, well, how am I supposed to be a good parent? Just show up. How am I supposed to be a good boy for girlfriend? Show up. How am I supposed to run my business during coronavirus? Just show up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a reality of if you come to the table, can't do anything until you come to the table. Right, and Exactly. And, you know, and that's that's really what it comes down to. And and you said something about you let it all just go away. You get onto the court, and you just let it. You just release it. Yeah. How important is that in life to just not just in basketball, but in general, to be able to you know prepare for something, think about it, whatever, and then once you get to it, to just let your mind be free, clear it of the clutter. And so, I mean, how important is that, number one, for mentality? And then the second part, how do you do it? What are your techniques of clearing your mind? Yeah, I well, so, you know, it's, to me, it's like, it's so important, you know, to be able to do that and have that release. Like, you know, you're going to come out of, you know, you might have 20 things you're thinking about before you get there and you go and you, you know, you play and let's say the the most important fives are now like they come back and that that 15 others that you you really didn't need to be worrying or stressing about like they just take care of themselves or they just kind of settle you know you're settling that dust so um that was 
that's always been like a big thing for me mentally just to be able to like okay you know I'm focusing on basketball and only basketball so I just don't think about the rest and I don't you know honestly I don't know how I how I do it I think it's just because like my love of the game yeah like I love the game of basketball so when I'm there and when I had the opportunity to play it or to coach it or to be involved with it it's like I I'm I'm there you know mind body everything and, you know, I find that when I when I do that, I am the most successful as a player, as a coach, you know. And so, like, I owe it to the sport to do that, you know, not to not to bring other other things into it or, or worry about other things. And, you know, being able to step on the court and whatnot, that's a that's a privilege. And that's, you know, something that not everybody gets. And that's something that can that can end pretty quickly with injury or or other circumstances, coronavirus, you know, like yeah. that, that can just end. So you like, you, you've got to just give it all in order to, you know, honor the sport, honor, um, you know, that privilege that you have. Speaking here with Amanda Tango this morning, uh, Marywood University Women's Basketball alum and People's Academy in Vermont Girls Varsity Basketball head coach here with us this morning. Amanda, like you said, you know, I mean, at any given time, you know, something can be taken away. And, you know, I think coronavirus taught us all something very unique, which we don't we don't get to experience, which is the world experienced the exact same thing at the exact same time. There's nobody that was sitting here going, yeah, but you don't know what it's like to go through corona because we all have been. So to do that, I would think that it put a little spark in everybody to say, okay, you know what, if I'm waiting on this or I'm waiting on that or I'm not taking care of this or I'm not doing that or I could be better at this, like now's the time to do it. I can't imagine coming through coronavirus and being stuck in the same place that you put yourself in before or, you know, to be worse. You got to come out of this thing better, I would imagine, or you didn't learn anything. How did it teach you? You know, what did it teach you as a coach? What did it teach you as a mom and a wife and a person in society and daughter? What did you, what have you learned from coronavirus to have this entire world stop and not really know what the next move is going to be? What has that taught you? Well, yeah, I mean, you have to take it one day at a time because you don't know, you know, what changes and whatnot is going to, is going to come the next day or, um, you know, to be ever present. You know, just you, we can sit and wallow in our thoughts and our worries and our stresses, but is that like where you have to, I think this is, goes back to, you know, being on the basketball court, like where, where is my, where's my mental, like, where do I put that effort in? Like, or where do I put my brain in? And you can, you can sit in the negative and you're not going to have a great day if you sit in all the negatives and all of the stresses and all of the things that could have, should have, would have, you know, or I wish, you know, this, but if you're just kind of, I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be, um, you know, there for my kids. We're going to take, make the best of this situation that we have, Yeah. you know, and that's, that's really what I was, you know, trying to, what I've tried to do this, this, this whole time, you know? So how, how have you done it? What have you done for, you know, your family at home? And what have you done for your family at People's Academy to try and navigate through this? Yeah, so, you know, like, thankfully, living up here in Vermont, we, um, you know, I live right off of a rail trail. So the kids and I, we've biked, you know, pretty much every day of quarantine. We were out on the bike path, yeah. um, biking somewhere. Um we have quite a few hiking spots close by as well. So we would hike 
you know, in this heat, we live right on a mountain-fed river, so we go to the river daily to, to cool off, and, you know, that's that's Vermont's air conditioning, is you, you go to the river and you come back ice cold, and yeah. that's, you know, um, so just being able to get outside, like, I, I'm not somebody that likes to be stuck in, in my house the whole time, so, you know, getting out and, and just being outside and exploring nature and, and sharing that with the kids and letting them, you know, just, just explore, um, has been, you know, what we've tried to do. The, um, for People's Academy, you know, thankfully, well, end of our season, we, this season we were lost in the second round of states, uh, by one point at the buzzer, refs called a foul, and it was a foul, but it was a tie game, so, you know, like, that hurt, like, I was, you know, it took me a while to get over that, but, you know, thinking back, if we had if we had won that game, we would have practiced for seven more days, gotten to go to the semifinals, then like day of semifinal game, said okay, you know now now there's no spectators, and then two hours later, okay, game's canceled. Right. You know, so like that to me, like and and all my players agree, like you know what we're we're okay with how our season ended, like as much as that loss hurt. We would much rather lose by that one point at the buzzer than work really, really hard for seven days, get to go, you know, up here in Vermont, it's, we're a small, we're a D3 school, it's the Barry Odd, you know, our, our championships are at the Barry Auditorium in Barry, Vermont, like, there's storied history there, it is a privilege and honor and an experience unlike any other to play basketball there. It's almost like the Mecca, you know, from, from Pennsylvania, when you go down to the Mecca, is it Pottstown or Pottsville? In Pennsylvania. Um, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. The, that was. They have a gym like that's uh, similar when okay. you play. Yeah. In high school, so you know, um, we ended up having like an end of, end of season get together, like right as schools were closing up here, and it was really good just to kind of close, have that closure on the season, and kind of be together one last time before you know before they all started homeschool and everything. You know, we've been communicating um, via messenger, just like, hey, here's some free workouts that, you know, so-and-so's doing. Here's this that you can be doing in your driveway. You know, if you need a basketball for, for driveway workouts, you know, let me know and um, and all of that. So we've, we've stayed in communication for sure, so... And, and for you, I mean, how is it, how is it, how do you try to make it fun for the girls at People's Academy? And what have you tried to do, you know, there in Morristown, Vermont, where you can't, you know, all be together? How have you tried to be together? Have you tried to do some things on social media? Are you doing, you know, your Zoom calls? Are you sending them some funny messages? Are you, you know, shooting them some care packages? Like, what are you doing to try and interact with the team and make sure that their spirits are high? Yeah, so, you know, we, we message quite a bit. My, my, my kids are so involved with, with the program as well. So, you know, I'll be driving, you know, from the grocery store and my daughter will make a comment like, oh, I miss the basketball girls so much. And, you know, and, and then say something funny about what happened or something that somebody did during the season. So I'm instantly sending that to the girls because, you know, they, they, I know that they've been a huge influence on my kids as much as, you know, hopefully, um, they have been on my kids. So, um, you know, they're just loving those little moments and everything. And now, um, Vermont has actually allowed us to start 
Um, you can play basketball. Yeah. Only skills. You can't. There's no contact allowed. No contact basketball allowed up here yet. Um, and because the school season or the school year has ended up here, I'm now allowed to coach my players. I'm not allowed from the day that our season ends until the end of the school year. I'm not allowed basketball skills contact with my players. Yeah. Um, so now that that's ended, I've, you know, we've been able to do some outdoor, outdoor court skills sessions with, with, you know, those that can, that can make it and show up. So, um, you know, we're, we're starting to transition to summer basketball here. What, what that looks like, you know, we, it's not pickup, it's not traditional, like three on three, you know, full court five on five, you know, and, and we can't get inside space yet, but you know, we're, we're starting to, to trickle back in slowly. Speaking here with Amanda Tango, uh, here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. Uh, Amanda, for you, as we navigate through everything that's going on uh, with Corona and try to, you know, find our way uh, to a place where we can get done what we need to get done and, and, and do it in a safe way and a responsible way, you're, you've always, to me at least, seemed to be an eternal optimist. So what can you tell me about being optimistic in this time and what your hopes are as you move forward? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just don't feel like, you know, your brain needs to spend time in the negative. I mean, I, yeah, I go there, you know, don't get me wrong, but I've got to look at the positives. Otherwise, you know, I'm just going to drag myself down to the, to that negative space and, you know, being able to see the bright side of things like, Okay, you know what can we do, and what you know, this is this is such a great time. Like the fact that we aren't able to play, you know, contact basketball, you know, we can break down the game, and you know, I I feel even um, you know high school players still don't have the skills that are needed or and haven't mastered that, and and being able to take them back to those skills yeah. to really master the skills. Like I'm hoping that this is an opportunity that they they grab on with both hands because um, you know so much time effort you know in AAU and stuff is spent on oh, playing five on five getting this getting this play down playing this way you know instead of like okay if when you catch the ball this is this is how you pivot this is how you get that first step to get past somebody you know we're we're I think we're missing those skills a lot. And I saw it, you know, coaching college too, is that not everybody had those skills coming in. So we really had to break down and, and teach them those skills. Yeah, you know, like you said, getting back to fundamentals, just kind of, you know, uh, stripping the game down to its bare bones and, and having the time to do that is an awesome way to look at this and, and something that, you know, you can do at home, you can do without having to play a pickup game or without having anybody else around. And I think that that's a huge part. And I think that, you know, players are going to excel, people are going to excel by kind of bare bonesing it and, and shaking it down to, you know, what it is. And I think that that's a that's an awesome way to look at it. So do you feel that your players from the conversations you had, do you feel that they're, they're excited to kind of get down to the bare bones? Do you get a, I know that it's hard to get a sense for everything that, that they've done, you know, not being able to really be around them, but do you, do you get a sense for, you know, maybe some positive improvement or, or have they shared with you like, Hey coach, you know, I find, I, I started working on this stuff and Oh my God, I couldn't, I couldn't believe, you know, that it actually made me better. Are you getting any of those messages? Well, yeah, I, you know, um, not last week, 
about a week and a half ago now I met you know we had our first kind of skills in the skills in the park you know or the outdoor court uh, at our school um, you know and I had four girls show up and you know they this group that I have right now um, reminds me a lot of like the group that I grew up with yeah um, and just like open mind want to learn everything and anything that they can about the sport of basketball. And, you know, even if they're not the tallest girl on the team, hey, show me post moves, coach. Hey, I want to, you know, I want to now be a point guard. You know, I want to learn this. I want to do ball handling. They're they're just like, they're craving everything in the sport. So, you know, it's it's this opportunity that, like, I can feed that that crave that they have and, and hopefully give them little drills and stuff that they can work on when, you know, on their own too, you know? Yeah. You know, and for you, I mean, is it, I, I don't think I have to, you know, say much on, on your love for the game. I mean, kind of making you love it again, but are you finding maybe a unique way to love it again or love it in a, love it in a different way? I mean, I, I don't, if these last three months for me, I didn't go in thinking, oh my God, this is awful. I've never been like doomsday. I'm never going to be back at a game again. I'm never going to be in a locker room again. Like, I just don't think that way. And for me, like I told you off the air, I was like, I, I took this these last three months because, you know, in my personal life, you know, there, there was things that, that had to change and things that had to kind of move and whatnot. And so like, as Corona's happening, as I said earlier in the show, life was happening. And so I took over and said, okay, you know what? I need to do something, something healthy, something drastic, something, something that I can really get into. And I never thought in a million years, I'd go 10,000 steps a day, Amanda, I'm being real with you. And, uh, and I decided to do it and then I did it again and then it started to be for me. And then it was like, I love this. And then it was like, I need to hit this goal. And now it's day 64 and I can't stop because I love it. And it's, it's, it's truly for me. So I feel like going through these last three months, you know, you kind of find more, you, I hope you find more love for yourself, more love for the, the good things in your life, more love for, you know, kind of, you know, what you're doing. And in your case, you know, with basketball, with the kids, have you discovered that? Have you discovered like a new piece of Amanda through all this craziness? Well, yeah. And I think it's always been this, this part of me that I've like craved and wanted, but you know, today's players like it's all it's it's been traditionally about like oh we're gonna play pickup you know when we get together we're playing pickup and um they haven't really you know in the past haven't really craved the the skills aspect of it and it's like that's i feel the greatest area that i can give and that they need and when you have players that are are craving that it's such like a joy to be able to okay, like not only do, is it something that I want to give them and I want them to learn and realize like how important just those skills are. Um, but like they're, they're willing to accept it because I can, I can throw skills at somebody that doesn't want it all day, but they're never going to get anything out of it. Yeah. You know? So, um, and it, that's kind of how I ended the season. I guess we did end right as Corona started, but like, I went ahead and watched a whole bunch of, you know, coaching clinic videos on YouTube, did a whole bunch of, um, you know, championship productions, did a whole free two week, um, coaching clinics. I listened to countless ones of those. Um, 
just to kind of, all right, what else can I, like, what else can I learn and to change and to do all of um, those different, you know, how can I, how can I adapt skills that I want to teach into something that's, that's different and new and exciting for, for the players? And, you know, I think I was able to, I, I don't know, I've took copious amounts of notes. I have this giant notebook of all these skills, drills, and, and drills that I'll integrate into next season and, and how I'm going to change and adapt for that next season. And, you know, and that's such an amazing thing that, like you said, you just, you pushed yourself. You just, you got out of it and you pushed yourself and you, because I feel like some people kind of like just sit on the couch and watch Netflix and that's fine. You know, like I'm, I love Netflix, but not all day. And, you know, so I feel, I feel like some people just kind of like, all right, my life, you know, this sucks. I'm going to stay in the house. I'm going to eat some popcorn and watch some Netflix. And then you're like out there taking notes and, and doing all this. And I commend you for that because there has to be a fire inside of you. And I tell people all the time, there's a difference between, I tell, and this is, this is professionally, personally, any part of your life. I tell people, just ask yourself this one simple question, which is a very, very, very loaded question, but it's a simple question. And that question is, do I love this or do I think I love this? Because if you think you love it, you would have sat on the couch, man, and been like, well, when this is over, I'll start coaching again. But you yeah. loved it, so you're taking notes, and you're trying to figure it out, and and skills, and drills, and what can I do, and they're going to let me do this, so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to have this ready. And I'm sure you had plan A if we're allowed to do this, and plan B if we're allowed to do that. I mean, I'm sure you, you kind of discovered even more so how deeply you love the game of basketball and helping kids, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that... A lot of what I've learned since, you know, since Marywood, I, I used to be, let's see, Burlington College was a college up here. It closed uh, about four years ago now. Um, and it is a, um, it was a small, like 300 students, small school college up here. And it was based on the, this theory, um, or this teaching theory of, you know, self-reflection. So your, your grade was pretty much a self-reflection of like how you met the learning goals. Yeah. And, you know, I had to teach a class on how, you know, how do you write these, these, um, self-reflection essays at the end of the school year? Why is this important? And it really opened my, my mind to like how important your self-reflection of like your self-evaluation of how you did something based on like goals outcomes like what you set forth to do like did you meet them where did you where did you uh, fall short what could you improve and like ever since you know learning about like that system in that way oh my goodness has that opened my mind to like okay at the end of the season is the exact right moment to think about next season and and also to reflect on the past season and what did I like that I did well. What did I like that I, or did I not like about this past season or what I did this past season? What do I want to improve in this next season? Where did we fall short as a team? You know, all of these things and like writing that down is just this, and, and you know, it doesn't even have to be basketball. That could be life. You know, you know, I set forth to do this during Corona and did I, did I do it? Uh, I don't know. You know, like, and reflecting on that and that self-reflection that you, you become aware of, of, um, you know, what you're doing and how you can affect what you do in the future. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy. I mean, the amount of 
time that we have, and I'm sure for you as like as a coach, and I mean any of us that are connected to the world of sports, we kind of just people think they're like, oh, you like you have a fun job, like you could just do whatever you want. I'm like, mm. I remember my dad said to me because my dad works a nine to five. And I respect his job, but it took him a long time to kind of, I think, really get mine. And I was like, Dad, I work 12 to 12. I said, I sleep, but while I'm sleeping, Cam Newton is getting a job with the Patriots. You know, like things are always happening. Things are going on in the middle of the night. You know, there's 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 things that are happening in the sports world. I mean, for God's sakes, overseas, you know, they're playing soccer and, and they're trying to, uh, you know, do what they can to keep their their top sport going and whatnot. So. Yeah. There's never really an end to sports. There's not an end to coaching. There's not an end to recruiting. You know, there there may be an end to playing days, but you never stop, you know, kind of playing the game and going to the court and doing your thing or going to the field. And for me as a, as a broadcaster, it's funny because one coach said to me at Syracuse, who's now at St. Anselm, Joe Adam, he, was, he flew out of Detroit. We just missed each other. He had flown out of Detroit an hour before I flew in. And he goes, oh, my God. I said, how you been? He's like, Danny, I'm exhausted. I love what I do. He's like, you know, I've been, but I've been away from the wife for, you know, the past three days and I'm flying from here and I got to get this ready. I'm flying over there and I'm talking to this player. And then he goes, well, you get it. And as a broadcaster, you know, it's like, it's, I'm not recruiting. I'm not out doing that, but we're all traveling and we're all looking and we're all researching and we're all staying up late. And we're watching, we're watching these videos. We're, we're trying to set things up and whatnot and living in the sports world. The beauty of it, Amanda, is that I got the, did you take two and a half months off? And I said, are you kidding me? And they're like, well, how did you do your show without sports? And I said, my show has been double, been booked two weeks, three weeks in advance. We've done better through everything with coronavirus because I made a promise to myself. I said, I am going to come out of this skyrocketing in my business and in my life. And so in the world of sports, I know you can speak to this as a, as a player and a coach. It never stops there's always something to do, and I think it's hilarious when people go, well, there's not a game going on, so are you bored or are you on vacation? Because, Amanda, like you said, the season ends, you're planning next season. Coronavirus hits, and I'm going, okay, what are we going to talk about on the show? Like, there, there is, I don't know, I think, I think when you're living in the sports world and you really love it and appreciate it, you realize that there's nothing that could keep it down, and I think God knows if sports went away for a year, I'd be sitting here talking to people from every state all over the world about that, about what they're going to do when it comes back. I mean, I just, I think the world of sports is such a giving and amazing place. And as you and I know very well, if the ball isn't bouncing, it doesn't mean that the game isn't happening somehow. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for me, it was when I coming out of college, I had played basketball for, I think it was like at that point, 13 years of my life. And like, I had given up so much to play the game of basketball. Yeah. And so coming out and like one graduating college, being an adult, no longer having basketball, I'm like, what do I do with my life? (laughs) But also what do I do with my life? And also, um, why did I sacrifice so much for for a sport? And, um, And uh, I come to think of it, it's like I would not be the person that I am today without without the game of basketball. I would not be the leader that I am today without the without the game of basketball. And believe me, like you know, in college, you know, I had the opportunity to be captain. I am. I did not. 
you know, like I could have done so much better. And I, I think about that all the time, like of how I, I should have stepped up more. And, yeah. you know, when you, when you mentioned about watching those VHS tapes, I watch those tapes and think this, I missed that opportunity to step up. I missed that opportunity to step up, you know, like, and so that self analyzation, I don't think it ever ends for me, but just without the sport of basketball, without sport in general, I would not be the person I am today. I would not have the mentality that I do today because like, yeah, we can all say, I do not like losing. I do not like losing. But if you wallow in that loss and you don't come to practice the next day with a positive attitude for the next game, your, your, your game's gonna, gonna, gonna snowball downhill. Yeah. You know, like, and it's gonna happen. You're gonna, I, I know my two worst games, my college career, I can tell you right now, Keystone State, and like my junior year, I don't know. I think I had two points and just could not do anything. You know, could not do anything. But I did not like wallow in that game. I I came back and was like, I have to improve. I am better than that. And so you you can't stay in that negative attitude because if you do, you're 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 you're, you're self defeating. You know. Yeah. So you know, and that's self- really kind of what sport teaches you is that. You know, you show up the next day and you, you've got to improve. You've got to do better. Well, they said self-inflicted wounds are the worst. So, yeah. so you know, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Can't let a loss beat you twice in life in any way, shape, or form. Amanda Tango here with us. Amanda, before I let you go, uh, two quick pieces. First one being, I know you're at People's Academy now. You're at Marywood University when we met. Share with everybody kind of the road on how you got to People's Academy and what you love about being the varsity coach there. Yeah, so, you know, I, the day after I graduated Marywood, I moved to uh, an off-grid cabin in Vermont, and uh, and I was like, okay, I don't know anything about this area, and so I kind of searched some AAU programs, thinking, oh, I'll get involved with the AAU program. I met with one coach, and she's like, hey, Lamoille County is, you know, great for, for girls' basketball, and I came into, um, I got involved with Lamoille middle school program and and their high school program was actually state champions uh, those two years and, you know I came out of college and, and went right in as kind of as a practice player I, I would coach the middle school team that at night and would go to varsity practice and be able to play with the girls and you know help them with skills and stuff and kind of be like hey you know let's go pick it up kind of that 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 cheerleader and that person that's been there before so I started two seasons as middle school um, girls coach there and then I was refing a AU basketball game with uh, another gentleman and he goes yeah so you know what's your background what's where where you come from because I haven't seen you around and you know I've kind of listed where I played and all that he goes well you know I, I coach over at Johnson State College it was then Johnson State College now Northern Vermont University um, you know I'd love you for you to come play with my girls so you know, I started just playing with his team in their off season. We we did lifting workouts with that. I did lifting workouts with them and and just played basketball with them. And he ended up having a vacancy as, as his assistant coach and offered me that position that that summer. And I, I jumped on it. You know, like uh, I really wanted. I loved learning to coach middle school, but middle school's. <laughs> definitely a, an interesting an interesting age um to coach but the college age was really where i wanted to you know take people who had skills 
and hone them or, or, or transition them and, and really kind of expand the knowledge that they already had. Um, so I did that for six seasons and I learned, you know, a ton as an assistant coach, just, you know, delivery, how, how players understand things, how different players understand things differently. You know, you can all get the same message, but they can come out with two different opinions or two different, you know, versions of, of that same message. So that was really, you know, eye opening to me. And then, um, you know, after six seasons as an assistant coach, I had, um, the, the position at Lamoille opened up, um, the coaches that I helped with before when I, when I was in middle school decided to, to move on. So I, I applied for that position and, and, and got it and, you know, had a, had an okay season. Uh, it wasn't the right fit for me, um, you know, as a, a culture. Um, and so the people's Academy position opened up and I, you know, applied and, and, and got that position. And, um, to me, like that, that feeling that I was talking about, about being at Marywood and just feeling like home people's Academy is, is my home. Like the mentality of the, of the, of the, the players there, the mentality of their parents and, and the support that they all give is, um, is really refreshing in this, this day and age and, and reminds me a lot of how I was brought up and what mentality that I was, that was always ingrained in me. I remember one of my first open gyms at People's Academy when I, after I got the position, I had two of my, they were going to be seniors, so come up to me and say, okay, coach, I'm really sorry, I'm not going to make open gym on this day and this day because I am going to, you know, West Virginia or in Virginia, we're going to go look at colleges and, and, and pick a college, so I'm really, really sorry I won't make open gym. I said, oh, your future is like the most important thing here. Like, I really appreciate you telling me, yeah. but like never apologize for for working on your future and and that like just that first interaction i'm like okay this is like they've not only do the players have their heads on straight because they're, they're open communication with the coach that they just met but you know they have their priorities right of like i'm i'm looking to what my future is is gonna bring so so that has been you know fantastic really with this with this program yeah, coming here from Amanda Tango here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Uh, Amanda, before I let you go, I have asked you plenty of questions today. On my show, we do a thing called Rapid Fire, and that gives an opportunity for me and my guests to go back and forth and talk about things that have nothing to do with sports and put each other on the hot seat. However, oh <laughs> I'm not going to put myself on the hot, or I'm not going to put you on the hot seat. I'm going to put myself there because in the spirit of fairness and generosity, I not only spoke with you today, but I also covered your games at Marywood. So it is now the first time ever that you get the opportunity to flip the script on me. You can ask me any questions in the world. You're going to have four. You can ask me any four questions in the moment, live. I have to answer it. And so you can go all the way back to our Marywood days. You can go to now. But I am now officially on the hot seat, Amanda. This is my gift to you during coronavirus. I've wrapped it in a sanitized package, and I've put a mask on top of it for you. So open it when you're ready in your first question whenever you're ready to go. Okay, so let's say go back to Marywood days. Okay. Most favorite, like, game or memory of, of uh, calling a game? Oh, man, my most favorite memory of calling a game. I would have to say... Um, when, when, uh, Dr. Mary Joe Gunning 
She was going out. She's going out for a halftime event. And it was funny because everybody, because like people had different relationships with Mary Jo and she was always really nice to me. And so she went to go out for the game and I, I said to her, I went at halftime and I said, thank you for all you do. And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding me? She said, without you, none of this is possible. And so I would definitely, because the thing about Marywood is the communication arts department never gave me the credit that I had worked for. Like my own department I got my degree from tried to basically steal the show, put their name on it. They still have their name on it. But the athletic department went the other direction. Eric Grunman, uh, Tara Machaco, Enrico Mastriani, uh, Gabby Holko when she was there, now Jen Carlton. They have made such an effort to say, this is your show. This is your baby. You made this. Like A lot of people are taking responsibility for the baby that I raised, which obviously tells me it's a good baby because nobody takes responsibility for a bad baby. But... Uh, <laughs> But it's, you know, it, it's, I would say that my favorite moments were probably going to the new gym and, and having Mary Jo say, like, we wouldn't have put any of these HDMI or any of these hookups here if not for literally MU Courtside and MU Courtside alone. And then uh, hearing Eric Grunman, when I went into his office, he said, outside of cutting you a $1,000 check, I'll do anything you, you, you ever want now or in the future because you have no idea what you've done for our program, for recruiting and for athletics in general. So I don't know if I could pick a game. It was more of like hearing somebody say that and then having a woman come to me at the old gym and she comes up and she goes, oh my God, when is this game going to be on tape? And I was looking at her like, what do you mean? And she goes, you don't understand. She said, our daughter plays and we we go back and we watch the games. We know who won. We know who lost. She goes, we just go back to, to laugh because you and Joe make us laugh so much. And so it was it was like moments like that when we really just felt like we were when I felt like the community, you you put it out. I mean, you know, it, man, as a coach, you put so much out there and you're just hoping that something positive sticks. Yeah. And when it does, you just kind of sit back for a minute and you smile. And if you're you or I, you go back to work five seconds later. But you smile in that moment to go like, yeah, this is what I'm working for. So, right. you know, Absolutely. that's. I would say that those are probably the moments I remember. Okay, so you've done a lot of, you know, traveling and um, and reporting now. So best, more recent moment of uh, sport moment in, in, yeah. I would say it's over my shoulder here in the studio, and I tell people who watch the show every day that they're called Easter eggs. I change things up. There is a framed picture of Eric Dungey, and it says World Beater. And it's the day that uh, he cried at, at uh, his final game in college. They won the Camping World Bowl. Syracuse got to 10 wins for the first time in forever. They did a bunch of firsts that season, and he was crying in this thing. Uh, ESPN carried it to over 800,000 people on Twitter, and it was all over the place. And yet people forgot to say uh, who asked him the question and how he got to this moment. And so it's funny because I was in Orlando and I went I went through security and I said, uh, you know, talking to people about the game and whatnot. And I go, yeah, I'm the guy that made Dungey cry because that's what my my parents so nicely put it as. They're like, my dad's like, I'm telling everybody that out of all the guys that hit him, all the big defensive ends, you're the one that made him cry. So, so Eric, I asked him the question about his career. And I said, not just this game, but everything you've been through and everybody that's counted you out and all the injuries... 
put four years together and what does it feel like right now to be in this moment, knowing everybody that counted you out, everybody that said negative things, all of the stuff in the media, all of the injuries, what did this moment do for you? And it was one of the most sincere and and just beautiful moments and uh, and I'm and I, I I love his family. His dad passed recently, and I got to do a special called Project Dungey that he didn't know about with his mom and his dad and his brother and his sister, and just a great family, a great player, somebody who I don't think people appreciated enough in the moment. So my favorite moment was was being at that game, seeing my hometown be be there uh, in my second home of Florida in Orlando and then you know getting to have this moment with him and and uh and this th- this moment where he cried and got emotional it really meant a lot to me because he's been such an inspiration to me and I think that you know having a just a very real moment saying I don't care how anybody thinks of me like this is one of the greatest moments of my life I, I was so proud of him in that moment you would have thought we were brothers so uh I would have to say it's that moment I, I don't know if I have two more questions. <laughs> <laughs> you got two. Whatever oh, two. Oh, boy. So you said you've been doing 10,000 steps. Do you, are you, are you, have you increased, are you going to increase that? Or are you, you good at the 10,000? I have, so like I'll go 12, I'll go 14, I'll go 15. When it's been really hot out lately, I've been doing 10 or 11 but uh, but yesterday I went over 12 and I went over 14 a few days back. So yeah, I, I 10 is my I never thought I would do 10 in a day and 10 is my minimum now. Now when I get 10, it almost pisses me off like, well, I gotta get 11 now. So and I've done 20, I've done I've done 11 miles in a day. So yeah, I, I can't. I, yeah, I, I think 10, 10, 10 is like my little, you can't just, you know, you reach the goal and it's like, yeah, but you could do like, you could do one more, you know, like just that, that mentality of like, okay, can I do 10 push ups Yeah. But can I possibly do 11? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do one more, you know, like that, that just keep pushing yourself, you know, it's amazing how much our brains were connected. I was literally about to say, and I kid you not, I swear to God on my life, I was about to say. It's like when I do 10 push-ups and I always go, I can do that 11th. And I and I get pissed if I don't go down one more time and push back up. So I like literally the exact, not like a little bit, the exact example that you gave. I'm like, yeah, that is me. I'm like, if I could do 10, I could do 11. So what, a, so per, awesome. Man. There's a reason why you and I connected so many years ago. And apparently... Uh, you know, if you need a play in the middle of a game, I'll just send one to you through my brain. Sounds, sounds good. Yep, yeah. Just osmosis. Just it and, you'll, yeah. and you'll send it. <laughs> yeah, be like, what am I supposed to do right now? I got this. It's fine. It's good. But uh, what is now? What is your final one for me? Oh, oh boy. Um, if you could quarantine in any place in the world, where would it be? Oh man, I would say I've been interviewing a bunch of uh, Syracuse recruits from Hawaii, and uh, I, I told them I go, your quarantine is like on a beach in a luau, roasting a pig, having a great life. So, and you get to see like every star that God ever created. So, I would probably have to say Hawaii is where I would go, or Spain, maybe a little bit of Italy. So, I would go back and see family. Or I would go to uh, Hawaii, and I'd probably go to Hawaii right now because I'd still technically be in the United States, and I just want to make sure I get back safe. So 
probably there, but I'm missing Florida like no other because it is my second home and I haven't been there since December, which to anybody that knows me knows that that's like seven years for me. So, yeah, exactly. so I just want to be, I, you know, and I love it up here in Syracuse. It's been super warm, but I need a beach. I need a beach. It's time for the beach. So I would, I, I'm probably now more than ever would think about going to Hawaii, especially interviewing everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that coming from Amanda Tango, Amanda Lass, uh, as some of you know her, People's Academy, Vermont, girls basketball, varsity head coach, Marywood Pacers, women's basketball alum. Amanda, today was tremendous. It was a whole lot of uh, fun for me. We're definitely, uh, if you'd like to, we'll make a habit of this and get you back here on the show. But I am, I, I am so moved by that you kept in touch with me. Uh, you've always, you know, over the years written messages and it means the world to me. And, and I've never told you that. And I want to make sure that I do. And you're one of the people at Marywood that uh, I have the deepest respect for from my time there. So I want to say I want to say that to you. And I want to tell you, thank you for all the hard work that you do. Yeah, no problem. And thank you. You know, I, when I started coaching at Johnson State, it was like, why why is there just like a guy with a laptop filming like why why can't we get a communications department to do like a production it was i was you know i i was spoiled by what you created you know and so like wanting to wanting to bring that for the players at johnson it, it never happened I, I didn't you know i'm not the communications background but like come on we need this because you know i like you said i watched the vhs tapes i i love reliving those those moments um of, of my of my college career so you know thank you for for creating it and and doing what you did you know in college and, and still do for for um for players and coaches no I, I appreciate that and i i don't even know how to respond to those that was very very kind of you amanda so thank you for that i know you you got your you got your kids and the fam so go have some fun and please as always stay safe and i look forward to talking with you very soon yeah you too thank you very much all right take care